Welcome back to Comeback. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and as you know by now, I interview people from Saigon, from Vietnam, and also around the world about what they do, why, and a lot more. And I have a whole host and a whole range of amazing conversations with people from all around the city. With that in mind, I'm delighted to welcome the birthday girl, new to the podcast, who has kindly joined me as she celebrates her 21st birthday. <laughs> I'm joking. Happy birthday, new, and welcome. Thank you. First of all, you got a really nice voice. Oh, Thank God. You. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that since I've been here. Mm, interesting point. Some people who are close to me say that I sound different outside of the podcast than I do on the podcast. Oh, really? Apparently, yeah, I have a podcast voice. Now, you know me socially as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, no, I think it's the same. Because at the, at the first time I met you, that I really like your voice. And, but I didn't know you do a podcast. Mm. So when when I like we got on the Facebook or something, yeah, I found out. Ooh, he got a channel, and then I realized, yeah, that's why he got a nice voice. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I have to hone my voice over time. Mm-hmm. And we were talking with friends recently about our jobs. Now I think uh, my friend I was talking to is a restaurant owner, mm-hmm. and he said that if he lost his voice for a week, he he might struggle a bit. He might think. Yeah, he could get by though, as in he could either use it as a sponsored silence or he could get his staff to do the communication. But I am a podcaster and a teacher, mm-hmm. so if I lost my voice for a week, I would be fucked. I literally have no other yeah. way of doing my job. Yeah, it would be a tricky one. Regarding your job, remind me, you do quite a lot of things, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? Um, I, was, I was a singer. I used to sing at the coffee shop, but now I am like... Um, I want to be a professional server in the restaurant, so that's why I keep uh, doing in the restaurant. Now I work in a French restaurant, which is I am um, a leader position. Yes, so yeah, I serve the customer. Nice, and you are in a leadership position. Yeah. Did you say how did you find? I suppose I can imagine that you started out just serving and being like involved in that capacity and then building your way up to leadership. How did you build yourself up to oh. be the leader? Oh God, um, this is like, oh, I, to me, yeah, personally, I used to like like to watch people doing that. And when I was as, when I worked at the pres- pres- restaurant, I learned it from the boss. Like he's so good at the way he's speaking to the customer and the way he's serving all the things. And I really like that, so that's why I keep learning from him and the others. Excellent. And you mentioned, first of all, singing. Why was that something that you got into initially? Um, yeah, because um, actually it doesn't make a lot of money. Yeah, I just like singing for fun. And sometimes the owner of the coffee shop, they used to like bargain. Yeah, so that's why I stop singing right okay so you started singing initially at what age um i'm gonna say at 18 at 18 i'm going to guess that at that age the reason why you started singing is because you really loved it yeah yeah why did you really love it as in did you have any influences growing up oh yes um i love uh celine dion yeah when when i like i don't um in Vietnam, we don't like um, have so many concerts. So, but I don't like Vietnamese singer. I, I know I always watch foreigner singer on YouTube. But 
when I when I watched Celine Dion on, on her concert, I said, "Oh my God, what is this voice?" So I was trying to like be like her, be on the stage, yeah, and enjoy the moment there. Yeah. Do you know something weird? I thought you were going to say Celine Dion. Before, really? Yeah, I promise you. No word of a lie. When I said, "Do you have any influences?" For some reason, I thought you'd say Celine Dion. Oh my god! But the reason that's weird is in I can appreciate her voice is great. Yeah. But I don't know any of her songs. Oh. The only song I know of Celine Dion is the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. You know, of course, everyone. But knows the that. other song was so great. I don't yeah. like the the song in the movie. Okay. But. It seems nice, but the other song was amazing. But she seems it was strange to me, as in she's someone who's very famous for having an amazing voice. Yeah. Doesn't have many songs that I can recognize. Oh yeah. Like Mariah Carey. Yeah. Got, she's got the Christmas one. She's got Hero. <laughs> yeah. And I can't think of any more. Oh, okay. I actually, I, mean, I just think how have these people got so 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 famous without yeah. having like ten songs that you yeah. can M- name? Maybe really? they appear too much, right? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It always strikes me in Vietnam, like how. We talk about foreign musicians. Which foreign musicians hit big in Vietnam, and which don't? And it sometimes I just think, how how has that person made it in Vietnam and yeah. others not? I mean, I know this might be pretty tricky, but why do you think people like Celine Dion come to Vietnam? Well, come to Vietnam, <laughs> get um, what's the word popular in Vietnam, and other artists don't? Do you think there's any reason or? Um, I don't know about this. I never think of it. Yeah. Yeah, but but um, I would say that she got a really a real talent, a real talent. So that's why people, many people can feel that. So that's why they're famous, and popular. Probably, yeah. I'm wondering also, like when you're learning English, do you use like singers like Celine Dion and like English and foreign musicians to enhance your English? Yes. Is that a thing? Yes. Not only I listen to her and I watch her like. Not all of the interview, but I watch many interview of her, so that's why. It, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's why because you probably copied their mannerisms and their facial expressions yeah. and like how they would say certain things, which would differ if you listen. I mean, this might sound stupid. Celine Dion, she's from France, right? Yeah. Yeah, I presume so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but I got the American accent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The problem is why I listen to her. I also watch movies. And all the movie I watch is about teenage teenage girl, and yeah, you know, American made all of that movie. Yeah. So I got that accent from that. And also, almost um, Vietnamese teacher, they always speak um, American accent. Hmm. I wonder what, why is it the American model rather than the British model in Vietnam teaching? I don't know. Yeah. I say this as someone who's a Brit, who is a Brit, who comes from Britain. Came here and suddenly, you know, we were told to say water rather than water. I'm yeah. Like, wh- why do we need the American way? Mm, yeah. I know. Even the spelling, like having one R and a Z instead yes, of an S. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh God. Um. One time, um, there was a customer told me that my American accent annoyed him. Damn. Yeah. Is this at your restaurant? No, the the old restaurant. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Damn. And and he teach me how to say it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say it properly, right? Yeah. yeah. Now that's fascinating. Or like learning it and learning how to do it exactly, like based on the certain accent, accent, and also the influence. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my Vietnamese friends. Say they watch Friends yeah. as like the common show to learn English or listening to music to do so. And it's weird how 
how it all comes together. I'm always just interested, and especially the fact that you are also a teacher of English, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did you get into that? As in, what I'm trying to work out is being a native speaker.、Mm-hmm. Teaching English is. Pretty common,、yeah. but you're obviously not native. You're Vietnamese.、Yes. How do you first learn the language and then get comfortable enough that you can teach it? Ah, this is a really interesting question. Like, I think that I am the only one, and in my school, have a different way of teaching because I got the accent and I also learned the grammar from the teacher and the school. So that's why I teach my student. In the way of mind, like、um, how to say the word right or about the correct grammar, but the other teacher, I noticed that they don't teach about the accent very well and how to say or、uh, to make a conversation, something like that. They only focus on the the grammar, so that's why they bored. Yeah. Absolutely agree. It's always just about making sure that the grammar is correct, or the、yes. and you think like the accent. I personally believe, in conversation, and in actual practical、mm-hmm. everyday use,、mm-hmm. is much much more useful for the students rather、yeah. than the grammar. So I, it does puzzle me why that isn't the rule. And I suppose with me, I'm at public schools,、mm-hmm. so I. I try to be flexible, but I have to follow a fairly rigid curriculum, which、mm-hmm. means it's tricky to be unorthodox. Yeah. What is your like English setup? Are you at university, private classes? How does your English teaching work? Uh, I I teach in a private class, yeah, in a private school. Um, to be honest, the teacher in there, I don't like them very much, <laughs> especially with the meet. Teacher, because they always say that I always acting like a native speaker, but I, I don't like because I just want to my student who doesn't who like、um, get used it with the so they can confident to speak English. Right, I see how that goes. Yeah, how long have you done this for?、Uh, teaching. Yeah. Um, about three years. Three years. So we have. Th- Teaching three years, we have singing, we have server, restaurant.、Yeah. Uh, wait, how do you manage your time to do all of these things? Oh, actually,、um, I sleep like four hours a day. You mean naps? I mean sleep. Oh wow! So as in, <laughs> wow, my God! So you will go to bed late. Yeah, so late. Like,、oh. um, I I starting to work at six a.m. every day. Yeah, and I finish it at the restaurant at two half at two. And then I take a nap about one hour, and then at five p.m. I need to go to school and teaching till nine p.m. And then then starts again. Then starts again. <laughs> yeah. So you, what time would you go to bed usually? Um, I, I'm gonna say about one. One a.m. Yeah, because because I need to like um make the list to the thing to do tomorrow. Oh, I I haven't told you this. I own coffee shop. You own a coffee shop. Yeah, just、uh, opened like two months. Two months ago. Yeah. Nice here in Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> yeah,、wow. in D two. Excellent. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you.、Wow. <laughs> What impresses me here is the work ethic because I've done it before managing so many different projects and sometimes and I'm sure many busy people can attest it can be exhausting physically、yeah. and mentally. Like, how do you manage to? I suppose look after yourself. How do you manage to look after yourself with your work and with everything that you've got going on? Oh man,、um, people said that I am like I'm so selfish to myself because I don't have time to look after myself, something like that. But you know, 
um, the thing that I did here is for my future because like I'm not so close to my family and I don't have many friends in here so that's why I need to like trying to do my best in every petition so that's why I can in the future maybe I'm gonna oh, <laughs> maybe I'm gonna like taking rest or something like that in the future but now if I still have the health I still like um, be strong to do something yeah so I will yeah what is it that drives you to work this hard because there could be a whole host of reasons is it to achieve something and make yourself proud of yourself is it to I suppose build a career for yourself what is it that drives you in your work um, I probably said that I always dreaming about having my own house, yes, and I got my family in there, yeah, I always dream about that, so that's why it drives me like crazy, I work my ass off, oh damn. Yeah, you have that like future goal of you, your family in this perfect house. Yeah. Excellent. What would your perfect house look like? Um, it's going to be myself and two little kids, that's it. I don't need a husband. Wow, that's, that was my next question. Yeah. You don't need a husband? <laughs> yeah, I don't. But if, yeah, it's good to have one, but you know, it's better to have two. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, I suppose, yeah, depending on how you think. Yeah. My thought is, like, to do this, and what struck me here, as you mentioned, you're not very close to family, yeah. and also don't have many friends here. Yes. How do you cope with that? The reason I ask you this is because last week I'd had a conversation on here with a guest and we spoke in quite detail length about the concept of friendship and how mm. important it is. Um. But I know for some people, they genuinely don't mind having no friends or yeah. not too many. And, you know, I, can, as I can't personally empathize because I value friendship, but I can understand where they're coming from if they're career driven. But I'm just wondering for you, how do you manage like not having those close relationships? Yeah, I, I was so stressful. Um, at the first year I've been here, I live with my sister, but you know, Vietnamese sister, they don't like understand for each other. She's so mean if I say, but I still love her. Like she's the part of my family. And I was so, so I moved out and I was so stressful at the first time because I don't have friends, you know, I'm acting like a native speaker, like everybody said. So I don't know, I just like thinking about myself, like what should you do at that time if you are so down like this? And I think about myself in the future. I, I imagine myself in five years, if I keep doing this way, well, where should I go? In hell? No, it's not gonna happen. So yeah. And I think like, okay, if I don't have friends, I have time to focus on something. I mean work, so that's why I work. Yeah, absolutely. And as I was, I was joking at the start of the interview, but you are 24 today, right? Yeah. 24 today, that's so young. I mean, when we think of our lifespan, like early to mid 20s is an incredibly valuable opportunity where we have this unfair, quote unquote, mm -hmm. advantage, yeah. where even if we fuck up, even if things go badly, we're young. We've yeah. got plenty of time to recover from it. And mm -hmm. I would rather make these mistakes, quote unquote, or learn some lessons at a young age. So I think, you know, you're at the perfect point to do that at hitting 24. And mm. um, this might be tricky, but what sort of lessons have you learned up until now? We sit here now on your 24th birthday. Okay. <laughs> what sort of lessons have you learned, perhaps up until this point, that have been really valuable for you? Mm -hmm. Such as, I don't know, I'll use ones that I've heard before as in, 
always treat people well, okay. of course, never burn your bridges. These are generic, but are there any for you that really stand out to you? Yeah. Um, the lesson that I've learned, um, accept the failure. Yeah, because we people, we humans, so we need to accept that anyway. Like, um, whenever I'm, I just, I make mistake. At the first time, I was like, oh man, I was like, I want to die. I want to kill myself and then thing like that. But in in Vietnam, we have uh, a sentence like, um, if we think about this way, if it doesn't work, we need to think it that way. So, um, so I think like um, there's always the, the 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 sorry, there was always a way to get out of it. Every problem or everything, there's always have the door. All we need to do is open that. Absolutely. Yeah. I just see something from a different perspective where sometimes if we fail, you can think, it can be very easy to think, oh, that's just useless, there's no way through, yeah. until you just shift your angle slightly and then mm -hmm. you can see something. Yeah. Are there any, the show is called Comeback, the comeback beats the setback, the challenges. Are there any main challenges to date now, new, that have really affected you and that you've had to overcome? Hmm. And if so, do you mind if I ask you what they are? Yes, um, the main, my main challenges, um, I think it's, about, it's my family, you know, the, the culture here is different and the family here is different. I think like many Vietnamese, they got the same of my problem. Like, um, my, my mom and my dad, yeah, I think almost my family, I am a different one. I always believe that because they always acting like I am their failure but you know what i accept that <laughs> so yeah um i'm gonna say like they sometime because our parents worry about our future like the, the marriage and the house and the thing our children like that so they're gonna ask you for money yes and the, my problem is my family asking me too much, so it's lead to the thing that I have to work. Yeah, so that's why I don't have time to look after myself. But yeah, because they are a part of my family and they are like, I love them. So that's why I work so hard in trying to give them money because yeah, they are just old people and they don't have like, they cannot work anymore. So yeah. That's what I find fascinating with Vietnamese culture versus Western culture. Yeah. In the Western culture, the concept of working to provide for your family who are older than you mm -hmm. just doesn't really happen that often. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it's really unusual. Um, but in Vietnam, I know it's very commonplace. Like, you're not the first Vietnamese friend who's told me this. And so mm -hmm. I just find it extraordinary that yeah. not only do you have to work to provide for your own future, your own house, yeah. your own children and your own dream, you also have to provide for those around you. That must be pretty exhausting yeah and I'm gonna say that's kind of stressful at the first time I'm starting to work like two work two jobs at a time so yeah but now I'm getting used to it so I'm easier to manage things around me and that's why I've um, you know what I've saved like a big I've saved money like a lot and then um, my mom asked me to uh, give her that money to 
to take care about my future, like when I marriage or something like that. But I told her no, because I need to do some business. So this is like a, a game of mine. Yeah, I, I built a coffee shop, and now I just waiting, yeah. <laughs> waiting it. Yeah. Is that boundaries? I do want to ask you a lot more about this coffee shop mm -hmm. and about your work in the hospitality industry. But first of all, something that struck me is when you say that you can't look after yourself, or you've perhaps correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But there's been a couple of times where we've mentioned and you've alluded to the fact you've said, oh, maybe not time for myself, etc. What sort of things do you struggle with in terms of looking after yourself, if I may ask you? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't go shopping. And, like, I just don't have time, to, you know. Um, um, I am have, um, I'm having a stomach problem. I need to see a doctor every month. Yes, I think that's why. I, because I always forget eating. Because when I work, I just sold out of it. Like, I just work until like my body told me that hey you're hungry you need to eat and yeah in that time and at a time I blacked out like when I was I was holding a blaze I guess and I was passed out so many people they worry about me because normal people when they pass out and they call you you're gonna wake up but I can't I couldn't wake up at that time so I need to go to the emergency room yeah and the doctor told me that uh, this has happened to the young young people who work too much and at that time I know that oh you work too much so yeah I'm trying to like um, quit something of that because I need to focus to the the coffee shop of mine but you know I work I teaching about three years and they they couldn't find the one who's like me so they need some more time so they, they asked me like can can I like work at a time for more, more for them? And I said, yeah, okay, until you find mm, teachers. Sure. I'm just wondering here in terms of, say, priorities, would it be useful to perhaps think, right, what do I really want to do? Perhaps the coffee shop. Or almost rank it, so it'd be like coffee shop, teaching, serving, whichever suits you. Would it be useful to do that? And then you can, I suppose, delegate what suits you and what doesn't. Uh, can you say it again? Yeah, would it be helpful to rank your priorities? Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of projects going yeah. on. The one that really, really fires you up and that you're most passionate about, put that first. Mm -hmm. And then what the second one is, put that second. And then the third, third. Would, uh, would that be useful for you? Um, no, not really. Because if if I think about that way, um, the job is going to like go back. I need to focus on every every. Angle, every avenue. Yeah. yeah, so that's why, it, because if I put the coffee shop first and then I didn't, I don't um, put the attention to the server because I'm a leader there, so I need to manage people around me and I need to know them to do it right. And about teaching also, if I go to the class and try to teach everything in, in the book, isn't that boring? Mm. So, yeah, that's to be a different way. Do you yeah. do any exercise or any like therapeutic techniques? Anything else that might help you? Oh no, I mean no. Okay, yeah. That See, might, yeah. I I told you that I'm gonna come here like months ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just got so busy, and today is 
my birthday, so yeah, I took yeah. a day off. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm very like grateful that you did, and you chose to spend a couple an hour or so of your birthday with me here, and I, I really enjoying hearing the conversation because I can relate to a lot of it. I mean, yeah. there's there's so many times where people will say, "Hey, I think you're doing too much with like the podcasting or the writing or the teaching Aww. or the extra classes." And I'll say, no, 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 I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. The body eventually does tell you that you're doing too much. And I've learned the hard way a couple of times that you really should be careful of what you're doing and not too much. So I suppose what I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to say out of concern and also out of care, just to, I suppose, yeah, keep yourself occupied, keep yourself grounded. How do you, or do you, I was going to say how do you, but instead I think it's best to ask you, do you, do you ever switch off? as in meet up with friends or go to the cinema by yourself or get your nails done or do you ever do anything for yourself that isn't work-related but Uh, really helps you? Yes, of course, but like not so usually. Mm -hmm. You know, many girls like they like shopping, they like doing the nails then and they like talk about boys and something like that, but not me yet. I think like um, about three or four months when I went to the things is like not so like my job doesn't have any problems anymore so yeah at that time i'm gonna think about yeah we should go shopping buy something (laughs) new for myself something like that yeah what makes you feel good perhaps away from work oh i love talking okay yeah so that's why but you know i'm so busy these times so i don't talk much to others Mm. but i don't know but i love talking both in vietnamese and english so that's why, it's, but you know, I told you before, I don't have many friends, especially Vietnamese. They don't like me so well. Mm. But why do, why do you think, do you that, think that I'm a bad friend? Do you think, do I think that you're a bad friend? Yeah. Well, I don't really know you and your friendship that well, as in I would consider us friends. We've mm-hmm. met on several occasions, but I wouldn't say that closely because just due to the nature, we'd only met say three times, would yeah. you say? Yeah, so three times isn't enough of a measurement for me. Usually it has to get to six or seven uh. to kind of gauge that friendship. But I certainly wouldn't say bad friend. I mean, if you have your priorities, which is work, and you have a lot of your plate, then I think it's perfectly fine. And obviously some people's definition of friendship is different to others. So when we say bad friend, I always find that tricky. Yeah. I, I feel like it, I actually had this conversation with a friend, uh, quote friend, <laughs> two weeks ago on this podcast, and yeah. we talked about friendship and the toxic narrative it's behind best friends mm. and all of that. I find it, I don't like the word best friend because it means they have to tick all of your boxes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you examples. I have one friend I can talk to about deep life stuff, as in where did the universe come from okay. and whatnot. I have some friends I can go and party with. I have some friends that I can just relax with. I have some friends that I'll talk, play sport with. I have friends for almost like a different angle of my life, ah, okay. if that makes sense, which yeah, is yeah. good because if I just give one friend yeah, the like... sole responsibility, he or she doesn't have the capacity to do that. So I think it's toxic to have like best yeah. friends. So I don't really necessarily agree with mm. bad friends, mm. good friends, best friends, yeah. or labels, to be honest with you. I think it's good to just yeah. roll with whatever suits you. Yeah, I, I yeah. used to be like that, but um, at a time that I, I got in, into so much work and my friends left like they told me that i'm so selfish because i don't like uh, ask them for their life and something like that and i said hey i'm working i didn't do anything i didn't have any new friends so if you want to leave okay 
Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a tough question related to work and friendship? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just warn you. If, for example, um, you achieved all of your dreams in the near future, yeah. do you think perhaps striving for it the way you are without prioritizing friendship, mm -hmm. do you think you would get to that goal and think, oh shit, I should have done more with friends? Or do you think it was worth it? I did it the right way. Um, you know what? Whenever I achieve my goal, I think um, I am the person who got the open mind, so I think I can make new friends. You can? Yeah. Yeah? What does it take to be friends with you? <laughs> I mean, like, the people who um, we can talk to, that is the first one, if we don't talk to each other so well, I don't think we can be friends. Agreed. Yeah. And the second thing is we can share our problem with. Not like we're not asking them for help, but like we're just talking, understanding each other. Yeah, mm. that's all I think. I think those two are pretty good, especially the second where not asking for help. Mm. Because here's, I'll, I'll clarify this. I think it is important to ask for help, but sometimes you don't actually need to. Like sometimes like if a friend has a problem, he or she tells me they're not asking for advice. They just want to vent and I'll listen and I'll do my best to help. But I will ask, I'll say, would you like advice or would you like to vent? Either way, I'll be here. Yeah. And if they vent, cool. I wouldn't yeah, say anything. Because yeah. there's nothing worse, you know, when you're just venting and someone gives you advice that you don't really want. But yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's something. You can talk to them, be comfortable, mm -hmm. and also share your problems. I think that's a pretty good measurement of friendship, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it also depends on what sort of person you are in terms of what, um, how you can link with the other person. So I suppose if you're both adventurous, you'll probably get on. Mm -hmm. If you're both reserved, you might get on. It depends. Which brings me to a big one. What sort of person are you? <laughs> I don't know. I think um, I am a hard worker. Like, but recently I am a hard worker. But uh, before this, before I, I take so many jobs like now, I was um, a person who really loved uh, make friends. Be so that's why I got my job. I am a funny guy, you know, I make jokes a lot. But now I just like quiet and working. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Why do you think you made that transition? Because when I'm thinking about owning a coffee shop and working as a server in a leadership role and also singing and teaching, you have to be, well, to me, they, everyone's different, mm -hmm. but they strike me as quite extroverted roles where you have to be out there and speaking and interacting with people. So how come you think you've become a bit more quiet and reserved? Oh, uh, I mean, I, when I say quiet, I mean like I don't hang out so well. Like, ooh, like um, what can I say? Like when I I use I use the joke and I make it into class and I when I work at the coffee shop and the restaurant, yeah, I am so serious. So like, I don't know if I, I when I say quiet, I think I don't talk much anymore with friends. I don't share problem with them. I just handle things by myself. Yeah, I think I need someone to talk to. Maybe, yeah. Would yeah. you ever? This might be diff difficult for Vietnamese due to perhaps cultural stigmas, but would you ever see somebody like professionally, like therapy or counseling? Or um, no, not no. gonna happen. You'd rather speak to a friend? <laughs> yeah, sure. because like, um, I don't think like Vietnamese people, they're gonna tell, like talk to the therapist. They used to talk to their 
family or friends that go so yeah i suppose it depends on kind of the the nature what they have with it yeah. the the angle and also what their family yeah and, and i don't believe in therapists mm, okay how come if i may ask you because like i feel like talking to a stranger so i don't feel safe with them and even though they they got so many lessons so they can read our minds oh god no <laughs> <laughs> maybe because they are strangers they might have more empathy towards you because if you notice you know when you do well i've noticed in my life whenever i've done well i've been surprised when strangers have shown me more support than those closest to me mm -hmm. and i've thought why is that but it's because those closest to you occasionally might think hmm he or she is working a lot he or she is achieving but they're no different to me so why am i here and they're there uh, hmm, i'm gonna tear them down i think that is a motto that can happen which is why i think talking to strangers can also sorry talking and interacting with a stranger like therapist can be useful because they won't have that preconceived notion and they can also see it more objectively where if you're talking to a friend they will have biases mm. where for example if i'm talking to my friend and he or she's telling me their problems i know their issue but i don't want to say because it might jeopardize the friendship yeah. but if i'm a therapist and i don't know them i can just say yeah i think you're too selfish for example uh -huh, for example uh -huh. and they could yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad because you don't actually know them so oh, you don't okay. have that report so i feel like that's just me playing devil's advocate i suppose yeah related. that is a good way of thinking yeah. i never think of it like i just feel like therapist is also a stranger i don't believe in them that's what <laughs> might change your mind you might not by the way as long yeah. as you're happy i'm wondering about your work ethic because you work very hard as we've talked about and you know, i've met you before and i've seen how hard you work to the point where i've thought that's impressive is this something that you always had for example as a teenager as a student growing up were you always hard working or was it when you got to adulthood and you really set your mind to something that you cultivated oh, your work ethic um i think like i i did work hard when i was student i i've learned so bad like i only good at english but um at a time my dad got sick and he he had to stay in the hospital like about two months and my family was struggle about that like we don't ha didn't have enough money for my dad and at that time and i'm thinking like this that is not gonna happen to me again so that, that's why i need to save money in case my mom or my dad or anyone else they got in trouble or they got an accident or they i don't know something about their life yeah, so I'm gonna save them and that's why I work so hard because I don't know how much I'm gonna save <laughs> so yeah as much as I can mm. it can be quite tricky as well because Vietnamese salaries can be quite low yeah I mean, yes like for locals especially in comparison to foreigners yeah. where I do the same job as my teaching assistants for example or ACs academic coordinators they do slightly more work than me actually that's a lie and I get paid eight times more and it's just yes. incredible where I think, how is that? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you ever considered like moving to another country or is Vietnam your base? Yeah, of course. Of course. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't think about that lately, but I have one of my friends who are foreigners. Uh, she actually, my co-worker, uh, she told me that I belong to another country, not here. And I said, Oh come on! I am Vietnamese. I love my country, and he, and she said no. It it doesn't. She didn't mean that. She mean like um, I should go to, like study abroad or something. And 
trying to like know more because I'm interesting. That's what he said. And I said, oh yeah, I should because foreigners, uh, the native speaker paid a lot more than me. So why don't, if I go to another country, I become a foreigner. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And also we mentioned earlier, um, something about getting these influences and being a bit, I suppose, correct me if I've got any of this wrong, that you may have felt slightly disillusioned by Vietnamese culture in terms of like what they stand for and maybe it doesn't suit you. Would you say that's true? Um, correct me if I've got that wrong. Uh, it's all right. Um, I think because um, I spent time to watch movie and I, yeah, I've learned about that culture accidentally and I am so Vietnamese. They, I respect all the thing about my country, but you know, if something doesn't suit me, yeah, I just don't. Don't abide, no, absolutely fair. And it, it, it makes me wonder here, who actually, I, I will ask you the question and yeah. if you don't want to answer fair enough, who do you, I suppose, connect with more, would you say, like Vietnamese, locals or foreigners? Mm, I think the foreigners. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. that. That's the reason I asked you the question, <laughs> but I didn't want to be disrespectful. Because um, when I talk to my friend who are foreigners and when I talk to my friend who are Vietnamese, I, I feel like uh, the foreigners, they care about me more because like um, they can understand me. Like, but Vietnamese, like they feel like the problem isn't that serious. So that's why they just like, yeah, okay, just listen to me, but they don't share a lot or they not support so well. But a foreigner is different. Like whenever I um, I share a, my problem, yeah, I feel like the way they support me is better. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I must admit, I do have Vietnamese friends, but often my Vietnamese friends will have had some kind of Western influence as in they spent time in another country or their mom was American uh. and it did hit me kind of recently in terms of my local Vietnamese friends only really a handful mm. I mean hey I love Vietnamese people but in terms of like getting that friendship and yeah. that depth and that connection there's not as many as yeah, I would like to yeah I suppose it's just the nature of <laughs> yeah. where we're at really we can only meet people at our levels so yeah I suppose it's something I'll have to deal with yeah. Um, I'm wondering here about values. Now, I know that's quite a deep question and I pose it to a lot of guests on here just about core values and what things are really important to them, like honesty or integrity mm -hmm. or communication. What sort of things are very important to you, New, as in for you personally and for those around you? What values do you hold? Um, oh man, I don't know. I don't know yet. Maybe I'm, I'm so focused on working, so I haven't thought about it or mm. I haven't figured that out. But I'll come back and then tell you. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> no, I look forward to it. And I love the fact you said come back because, you know, theme of the show, no pun intended. Let's talk about your work. Uh, we have talked about it to some point, but let's go a bit further. Your coffee shop. Now, if you're also a server and, you know, you've been a singer and you're a teacher, what made you think, I'm going to start a coffee shop? Oh, you know what? Because... The fastest way to be rich is business. Yes. So that's why I am, yeah, hell yeah, I'm, I'm gonna die for it. <laughs> well, how did it all begin then? So wh when was the idea? When was the execution on uh, the idea? Talk me through the story. Um, the story is like um, my uncle, is, he's not my uncle, but he's an uncle. Yeah, he's a businessman and he got, um, how do I say that word? Like he got a big showroom for uh, the furniture 
and and he he wanted to open a coffee shop. You know, I don't have. Uh, I got the idea. I got the thing. I got like all the thing he needs. So that's why I asked for it. I told him like, yeah, I can do that. Just let me in. And he said, yeah, okay. I'll give you like um, two months to try. And then I set up things. And then and then yeah, I've spent a lot of money on that. But I think it's worth it. Excellent. And it's in Taoyuan. Yeah. Oh no, it's in Anfu. Anfu. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What made you choose Anfu, and what's the whole, I suppose, nature of your coffee oh, shop? Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't choose it. It chose me because um, my uncle have uh, the thing already in there. So I need. So all I need is like open inside. So you know, uh, I opened the coffee shop in the storeroom. So whenever you you go to have a coffee, so you can see the furnitures around. So yeah. Mm. What's it like? Is this your first business venture? Would you say? Um, the first big one. Yeah. I I I used to selling things online when I was twenty, I guess. But I I didn't do that anymore because I feel like um, I'm spending time too much on the phone, and that's not good. Right. Sure. How does it feel then starting your big business venture? As in, what have you learned? <laughs> <laughs> I've learned about people. I met a lot of many kinds of people: the lazy one, the bad one, and the mean one. The meanest. I'm not the meanest, but oh, I, when I'm, you know, um, when I hire people, I miss a lot. I have to talk to them and to feel like I believe in my feeling. So it, it tell me a lot. So yeah. Do you have to trust your gut feeling on people? Yeah. Where you might think, "Ooh, they're not right for it," or "Ooh, yeah, they are." No, no. Um, you know what? I don't know how to explain that, but the feeling of my is good. Um, whenever, yeah, let's talk about the time I met you. Okay. Yeah, and when when I met you, I'm uh, I hear your voice, and I say, "Ooh, he got such a nice voice." So the feeling of my was like. Uh, Yeah, he's the, maybe a good, good person, because you seem like a good person. I don't know, <laughs> and you know, uh, and Warren, and he is also a good guy too. Mm, so you could tell by my voice. Yeah, and I, and Warren about the way he he re, like uh, the way he talked to the server, mm. like not me. Every server in there, he treat them like that, and I said, oh yeah. Yeah, and you too. You you treat me so nice when I was in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. No, I would always say hello. I'd like ask for what did I usually ask for? It was either tea or beer, depending yeah. on the <laughs> depending on the occasion. Yeah. Alongside. Yeah, no. But I mean, it shows the example of invisible PR, which is something I heard recently that you never know. Like your reputation is always being used for and against you without you realizing. Like I have no idea that you were listening. They went, "Oh, he has a nice voice. He might be a good person." I've got no idea. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I start acting like a dickhead, you're going to like report on that and subconsciously realize. And it's happened many times, like to my benefit and occasionally to my detriment, where my actions, behaviors, thoughts, words, and feelings all get judged just based on it. And so you have to be very careful on how you treat other people around you and yeah. treat yourself. Because it is all—it all goes around, and not to get too spiritual, but yeah, universal law is a thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's very important, and I suppose it brings me on to a question that I've started asking guests. All right. And it might be tricky given the nature of this conversation and things we've discussed, but I'm still going to pose it to you: those closest to you, so whoever that may be, 
how would they describe you? Um, the closest one? Yeah, or like people close to you. Because ah. <laughs> I know we've said that there wouldn't be too many, but like, who, if anyone, <laughs> how would they describe you? Okay, they they might be told me the the the, the talkative. Yeah, because when I met the people that I believe, I talk too much, you know. I yeah, and and I usually the one who make joke in the group. So yeah. Would you say you're confident in your own ability? Um, I'm not sure about that. You're not sure. Yeah. You're not sure of the question, or if you're not sure if you're confident or not. I'm not sure about the confidence. Okay. But do you believe that I am a confident person? Mm, from my limited interactions with you, so I'd say we've met three times, four times. Yeah. Only really two long conversations. One being this, mm -hmm. and the second one, you remember the one we had some chips. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had a nice beer. Yeah, that one. I would say yeah, but that's oh. only based on two conversations. Uh. Yeah. However, and you know, I wouldn't say my natural judge of human behavior is elite, but that's my assessment. What would you say to me? Do I seem confident? Uh, yeah, uh, at a time that you we we making friend and you told me that I am a second Vietnamese friend. Yeah, I did at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like ooh. <laughs> yeah. Who who's number one? <laughs> There's quite a few since. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely improved my like local connection over the years. But yeah, I suppose that's my assessment. But it's it can be quite difficult, especially at our age. And just for context, I turned 25 about two weeks ago. You're yeah. 24 today. Like going through this self-discovery process, which I've almost spent the last five years hammering and yeah. really getting to know like through buckets of journals and all mm -hmm. sorts, can be tough because we're still at that Can point. I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, do you think like you're gonna marry a Vietnamese woman? Ooh, you put me on the spot here. Can I say yes or no, or does it, can I, can I? I don't know, it's up to you. Phew, phew. Um, Have you ever thought about it, like, um, are you gonna stay here and make a family? Um, honest, honest answer. Honest answer is, I love Vietnam, but I can't imagine myself settling here just yet. Mm. As in, as we record this, it's August 22, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna leave in June 2023, just to try a new chapter, because I love Vietnam, but there's something in me, and it's happened for three years, that has never quite called it home. Mm. So I've never got to a point where I've settled and thought this is my home now. There's yeah. just something that's holding me back and doesn't really make me want to settle here effectively. Mm. So if I had to say yes or no, I'd probably say no. But mm -hmm. you never know what can happen. As yeah. in, I will never like hold myself back. If the opportunity arises, we'll go for it. But right now, I'm probably going to leave Vietnam in a few months just to, and I might come back. Hey, yeah. I, might, I might go to another country for a year or two and go, Vietnam yeah. was amazing. It yeah. might be the right time, you know? I have no regrets about Vietnam whatsoever. I think it was the best choice I ever made mm. and still is and I'm enjoying every moment. But there, there comes a time. I mean, yeah. it's happened a few times recently where I've been in certain areas of Vietnam and in the back of my head I thought, it's getting too familiar. Mm. I'm getting too comfortable with this. <laughs> yeah. It's getting too same and I'm thinking, I need to get a shake up here, especially in the 20s as well. Uh. So yeah, that's my personal thing. Yeah, in terms mm. of my own self-discovery. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Coming towards the end of the conversation, I'd imagine, Neil, and we've covered you know a whole range of areas, I suppose, related to our self-discovery, what our thoughts are on different topics, and this this next one might be tricky, I suppose. My actually. life, like, 
tricky <laughs> enough. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask you about your future aims, but what I'll do instead is almost do a role reversal, first of all, mm-hmm. which is a question I ask most guests. Has there been a question I've not asked you that you would have liked me to ask you or you expected me to ask you? Oh. Um, I think um, at these times, yeah, I, I need someone to ask me those questions because, you know, I'm a talkative person and and accidentally I don't talk anymore. So yeah, I think I need someone, I, I expect them to ask me about that, ask me about my life. Like, there's someone out there still care about me. There yeah. definitely are. Yeah. But is there a question I've not asked you that you wanted me to? Ah. Um, I think, like, no. A question you expected me to? Mm-mm. That means I've done a good job, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we spoke in one year's time, new, so in a year's time, you're going to be 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on your 25th birthday, right? <laughs> we speak on your 25th birthday, we yeah. do a round two, I'll have just turned 26. What would you like to be telling me about what you'd achieved in the last year? Oh, you mean like... Um, so, from now until your 25th birthday. Okay. So, exactly one year, what would you like to achieve? Um, I think um, my my bank account is going to be a big number, about nine numbers, I guess. Nice. Yeah. I almost there. I got about seven numbers in there. Excellent. So, I need to like seven, eight, nine. Yeah, two more. Two more? Excellent. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Nice. And and I also uh, want like myself. Uh, don't work too much anymore, so I need time to like um, relax and feeling myself a little more. So I think um, I think next year I'm gonna just run the business in the coffee shop, and if I have free time, I'm gonna sing again. Nice. Yeah, where would you sing? Just around bars and coffee shops in Ho Chi Minh? Yeah. Nice. Excellent. I look forward to this. I look forward to seeing where your business goes, where your personal life goes, where things go. Thank you very much, Nim. Let's stay in touch and all the very best. Yeah, thank you.